have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H.com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A. And you can be a guest on our podcast. Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika. So what we're going to be talking about, we're going to jump right in. Nothing to discuss on the top of the episode. The Ultimatum Season 2, Episode 7, Change of Heart. So Roxanne and Antonio, they fucked. <laughs> and damn. So that was a scene that they showed. They made it look like someone had sex with one of their trial marriages. And it's, it wasn't the case. Um, anyway. She says she initiated it. Good for her. In the moment, he feels very confident. She is going to work on saying that she loves him because she struggles with this. She thinks that marriage, especially for women, could take away her independence. I don't understand what she's saying here, but at the same time, that's also very dated way of thinking about marriage for some couples that could be, you know, women be submissive to their husbands and all of that. That's understandable, but that's not the majority of relationships, I would think. And if that's not for her, and it doesn't seem like Antonio is saying that's it for him either, then where why, why do you think this? You can't think broadly because that doesn't apply to your relationship. Because I don't think ever once did he say that he felt that way or wanted that from her. He just wants to be your husband and for you to be his wife. Like, it doesn't have to be this black and white. And for some reason, she thinks that way. I don't know. Maybe it's because that's the way it is for her parents. It's very black and white. But again, your parents got married in a different time. Times have changed. So, I mean, I don't I don't know. She wants her and Antonio to have the same dynamic as 
it was with Alex in terms of the work ethic. And again, he's talked about this. He's kind of had a little bit of a setback in life, but he's working on it. Um, He does worry even if he does the work, though. She just won't change her views on marriage. Like, it'll be, if this is the excuse now, there'll be another excuse later. So, I get that. I get, I, I don't disagree with him. As we see later on in the end of the season, there always does seem to be an excuse for her. Um, so next we see Kat and Alex and she does say that Alex is not very vulnerable when it comes to his emotions. I don't say. <laughs> he feels like he needs to be this tough guy because she's so quiet. No, just because she's this quiet person doesn't mean that you need to be this macho guy. Again, I think like this doesn't help the narrative of trying to tell our men that it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to put all that stuff out there. It's okay. You can talk about your emotions and not be viewed as weak or something. If anything, that makes you strong. I guess that's for me. I can only speak from my views. You, you, you gotta talk and be able to be vulnerable and know that she's gonna be able to hear you. Her being quiet and don't mistake that as her being weak. Those are not the same thing. She says that she needs to develop the validation. And because she says like she questions whether or not he does still love her. In this case, it seems like words of affirmation is very important to her. Whereas with him, he says that words of affirmation is not important to him. I think he says he doesn't quite understand like the need for it. And that's like for him, like the physical aspect is what's more important to him. But then this is you invalidating her feelings here. She's literally said to you, from what I can understand here, words of affirmation is one of her love languages. That is what she needs. She didn't ask what you needed in this moment. I think she's well aware that maybe the physical is what's important for you. But in order for a relationship to be good and make sense here for all parties involved, everyone's needs need to be met. And in her case, her need is the words of affirmation. His need is the physical. So don't, don't, you know, put what she needs aside because it doesn't make sense to you. He then says in this moment that he feels that she doesn't do enough to let him know how she feels or thinks of him. Again, that's just like a way of, I mean, can, I don't like him, honestly. I feel like this is just a way for him to be like, okay, well, I'm going to trump what you think and put in how I feel. When right now, it's not about how you feel in this moment. She's trying to tell you how she feels. So listen to her, deal with her feelings, and then we can move on to you. 
or if it ended up being the other way around, then fine. It would have been okay. So you started the conversation and we'll deal with your feelings and then we'll move on to hers. You know, just, just hear her is what I think the biggest issue is. So Ryan and James, they're talking about the fact that they're matching their, their clothing, their, the colors and everything, like what they're wearing, it's matching. And then, uh, then she's just talking about how her and Trey would match and not like intentionally, it seemed like it would just happen that way. And she's really giggling about it and stuff like that. And he says that, you know, I would really like if you would just, you know, stop talking about, you know, Trey in that way. Um, and again, here we go. Just to, let's just invalidate everybody. She's also doing the same thing, not validating his boundaries because he had literally set a boundary here. And here's my thing. I don't disagree with him. You're not talking about the experience in the sense of what you've learned from the experience being with Trey for those three weeks. You're giggling and laughing with him about something that is not make or break your relationship with James. It's actually very stupid and childish. So why are you talking about it? And then he puts a clear boundary and says, listen, can you stop? I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. And then you say, we need to talk about this. No, you don't need to talk about how you and Trey matched involuntarily. That doesn't help your relationship. I didn't really appreciate her not understanding his boundary here because I was 100% on his side. As soon as you start talking about it, I'm like, this is inappropriate. Even before he said this was inappropriate, <laughs> I didn't quite like this moment. She says that, you know, she grew, but doesn't think that he did. Maybe because he didn't really lean into the experience. Um, he really did just not want to deal with it. She says, you know, I will leave you. Like, I think you think that I won't. And he doesn't agree. He says, no, I think you would. And I don't know. He does want a future with her, but this could be it for her. We'll see. So now we're with Raya and Trey, and Raya's doing a bit better from the night before, but she is still upset. He wants to get close, but she does need her space. She's trying to work things through in her mind. Um, she says he never asked what her feelings were about, you know, this relationship. Just that he, you know, he wanted what he wanted and stuff like that. I kind of took from this conversation, actually, before I go even further into it. These two never talk about the crucial things. And I do wonder if partly the reason for it was the miscarriage ended up happening, ended up having, um, which it wasn't very clear whether or not it was actually Trey's baby, but it is. Um, it was very early on in their relationship. So I do wonder if that really, that what happened with that 
really did stunt their progression in their relationship, which is maybe the reason why they haven't been able to have these hard conversations that you need to have in a relationship. And in that case, I get it. Like, you know, um, I, I can't actually say the normal thing I'd say here is you need to talk when you talk about marriage. Um, because maybe they're just not, they're not able to have those conversations with each other. He says they never talked about kids and everything that has to do with that. They clearly haven't talked about anything, as I said. And so now, all of a sudden, here comes this disagreement about where they want to live. So she says that she wants to live in the city for like a year. And the city that she refers to is Atlanta. And she says she wants a change. She wants to be able to experience living in Atlanta. I'm not sure where exactly they live now, but clearly not Atlanta. And he says it makes no sense to change your life for the city life for like a year. He talks about like her job and all of that. He basically says, you know, if you really want to live in the city, go do you. Um, but I will say back, do what I got to do to further our future. But she doesn't want to do the long distance relationship. She thinks it'd be a setback for them. But again, they talk about the compromising. She says she doesn't want him to compromise because for him to compromise would basically be him not wanting to live in the city. And I think she's concerned about the resentment that he might feel. But then again, like, really and truly, no one wants to give in the situation. You know, he kind of says, like, maybe we're just not compatible. Now, what in this moment, I was thinking to myself, why does she need to do this? What is the reason she needs to do this? Just because you need a change is not reason enough, personally, for me. That's that's my opinion. I don't know if others may think differently. But for me, I thought, like, there's no really true reason why you need to do this. But to waste money living in Atlanta when you could be putting that money into other things, personally, that's what I'm thinking. But what we ended up finding out in the reunion is that she was going to be going back to school. And she was going to be going to school in Atlanta. So I'm like, oh, well then, I totally understand why she wants to live in the city then. If that's the reason she wants to live in the city, then that makes the most sense. Why would she, like I'd say if she's like an hour or two hours away from Atlanta, why would she be an hour or two hours away from her school? Why wouldn't she live in Atlanta? Where she's close by, she can get to school easily. You know, she at least knows she has a place that she can go to that's close by. She can do her homework and have all of that. That makes sense. I wish they said this in that moment, though, because I think I would have felt very differently about it. Um, so I don't know if that's on them for not being clear on it or if it was the editing. I don't know. So Kat is meeting up with her friends. She feels that he has made changes, Alex. Um, 
The friends do say what I would think any person would think. What if it's just temporary? He's just doing what he has to do, you know? The friends say that if he, if a guy says he never wants to get married, he's saying that he never wants to ever get married to you. This is very true. This is very true. Um, I don't, I don't think that's ever not been the case because I feel like things you hear on stories you hear, it's always like, oh, they don't want to get married to you. They don't believe in marriage at all. But then the next person they're with, they get married to and have kids with or whatever. So I definitely understood what the friends were saying here. Now Alex is here. And I think one of the friends ended up asking him, like, is she the right one for you? Like now, you know, like he kind of hesitates though, as he does in every moment. And her friend thinks he is just not ready for this. And I kind of agree here. (laughs) I mean, fuck, I still kind of agree um, that he's not ready. And, and she says for that, like, she doesn't like him because she does say like, she likes him as a person, but if he's here wasting her time, like for that, I don't like him. Yeah. That's a real friend. Do you want to spice up your love life? Well, you can make that happen by going to Love Shop, where you can get sorts of different things, whether it's for both you and your partner, or just for yourself. For solo play, you can get things, all types of vibrators, maybe more kinky type toys, or you can just buy what every person may need, like lingerie or protection, or even just something to make it a little more fun, like games or novelty things. You can do all of this by going to Love Shop, and you can use our unique coupon code REALITYT2 to get 10% on anything your hearts desire. So that's loveshop.ca, L-O-V-E-S-H-O-P dot C-A, and use our unique coupon code REALITY2. That's R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A and the number two. So we're with Antonio and Roxanne again, and Antonio does say to Roxanne that I love you. And Roxanne kind of says, mm-hmm, kind of thing, right? Then she says, I love you with like a question in her voice. Um, Wow. <laughs> She says that she wouldn't say it if she didn't mean it in that moment. So wait, it's to me, it made me think that, okay, so unless you love him in the moment, you, okay, I need to back up even further. When is there a moment that you don't love him? There might be moments where he's not your favorite person. I totally get it. But when is there a moment that you don't love him? I can't think of a moment where I don't love 
my partner. I, I love him in all moments. Now, there are moments where he pisses me off and maybe I don't like you very much. Sure. But that doesn't mean I don't love him because I don't like him in the moment. Those two things don't go together. So, I mean, when are there moments where you don't love him? And if there are moments that you don't love him, then why are you with him? And then you can only say you love him because of that when you're in the moment of loving him. This is very confusing. Her her view on relationships is kind of distorted. I, I don't get it. I really don't. Um, he just needs to hear how she feels about him, good or bad. She wants it all. He kind of says that he doesn't feel like he's good enough. Again, she doesn't make him feel like he is good enough. She says, don't hate me for being in a different era. So here she says that because she's in a point in her life where she's working, she's been working a long time, stuff like that. She's in a different era in life than he is. But here's the thing. You have stuck by this man for as long as you have, knowing he was in a different era. Era, quote unquote. The reason, though, that he's in a different era is because of the unfortunate setbacks due to decisions that he did make. But at the end of the day, he was battling an illness. And that's partially why he's a little bit behind in life. And he does need someone in his life who's going to be there and understand him and be a support for him. If she doesn't think she's able to do that, then don't be with him. Please don't waste his time. Let him go. And don't waste your time, really, if you need someone who's in a different point in your life, in their life, in a similar point where you are. So, yeah, I feel like she punishes him for things that were out of his control in a way. No matter what your views are on addiction, my views are it's an illness and it's not in his control. And yeah, she I feel like she punishes him for it. Would you punish someone if they had cancer? No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. It's not say instead of addiction, he had cancer for six years. And now he's in remission and because of it, he wasn't able to work. Would you, would you punish him for it? No, you wouldn't. So why punish him for this? He feels like no matter what he does, it's not going to be enough or never will be. So now we're with, back with James and Ryan and James is upset with Ryan for some reason. This was in you know, kind of similar to what they do with like Merida First Sight. They have like the camera that's going in the apartment. We see that they're sitting at this island um, eating. It's about one, I believe it was one o'clock, but one or one ten in the morning. And the reason why I say the timing is because this kind of 
goes on for a while. He gets upset with her because she's like tapping her hand on the on the counter. Um, I believe that's what was going on. Um, or tapping her hand in his face. I was very confused here about exactly what happened because we didn't actually see that very properly, like, see that very well in the video. Um, he says that this is a trigger for him um, because this is something that his mom used to do. At one point, he says, You're not respecting my PTSD. So, again, I'm kind of going through different part, points of this. I'm not going through every little thing, but what I will say is that this conversation does start in the kitchen, goes to the bedroom, goes to the living room area, goes back to the bedroom. Like it's very back and forth. Um, anyway, so he does say at one point that she's not respecting his PTSD. Um, whether or not he's actually been diagnosed with PTSD, I don't know. Um, but I mean, he definitely is dealing with some trauma. There's no doubt about it. Um, and she tells him that he needs to move on. Can I tell you? I really wasn't her fan when this whole situation with before with the whole matching clothing and shit conversation. I wasn't very pleased with her at that point. But now this, ma'am, no one moves on or gets over PTSD. It is something, again, if diagnosed, let's just say PTSD slash trauma. If you, you don't get, you don't get over it. It's something you can learn to manage, but you don't get over it. You learn to live with it. So don't sit here and tell him he needs to move on from it. When he hasn't even dealt with it, that's the first step. He needs to deal with it. Um, so for her to say that, it has showed her ignorance for mental illness and mental health issues. And I didn't respect her in this moment. Um, I didn't I didn't like that. Again, I can sit here and say her age, her age, her age, and maybe that's the reason why she is not aware of what's happening around her. I don't give a shit. You're old enough to know that certain things, especially when it comes to your your mental health, are things that you cannot just move on from. That was triggering for me because I have seen that happen in my life of people saying, just get over it. You can't just get over it. You just can't. Um, so I didn't like that whatsoever. She completely lost my respect in this moment. He does say, that's up to me. That is not up to you. She says that it is up to her because it affects her life as well. Now, do I understand what she meant here? Yes. I do understand that it affects her life. Um, but... And if you can't handle, because this is, again, someone dealing with mental health issues, you need to know how, not so much know, you need to be able to navigate those ebbs and flows of their mental state. They're going to have good days, they're going to have bad days, you need to know how to deal with that within yourself. 
Okay, so they're having a bad day. You basically let them know, listen, I'm here if you need to talk. I'm always here if you need to talk. But I'm going to give you a space. I'm going to let you navigate through that. And then when the good days are back, the good days are back. But you just need to know, like, they need to know that they have your support. Whether they want to talk or not, that's up to them. But you need they need to know that they're supported. In this moment, I didn't feel like she was supporting him. He, he had a response to something that, yes, seems very small to her, but it's not to him. Again, just like I did with the cancer addiction analogy, I'm going to do the same thing. Would you tell him he needed to move on if his trauma responses or PTSD was because he was in the war? Or he went, you know, he was, you know, in Afghanistan or wherever, you know, they're sending troops these days. Um, Where would you say the same thing to that person? Probably not. You probably wouldn't. Because in that sense, it makes sense to you in your mind why they are the way they are. But because he, and I do put partially on him, he hasn't told her yet what he's really gone through. So that is partially on him. However, you can still have similar responses because at the end of the day, it's trauma. And she needed, I felt, needed to be a little more understanding of his issues here. She tells him he can't admit when he is wrong. But this isn't a matter of being right or wrong. He got triggered. That doesn't mean that you did something wrong or he did something wrong. He just got triggered. And he is expressing it to you. And you just got to say, I'm sorry that that triggered you. I'll do my best and I'll do it again. And that's better. But it's not so much about fault or whatever. It's not a fault thing. Um, he does end up apologizing, which I don't know if I really agree with him apologizing, but I, again, I get it, whatever. Um, so like I said, this fight started at about 1 a.m. in the morning. It ended at 3.40 in the morning. So over two hours call it, of this fight just continuing and continuing. Um, That's exhausting. So now we're with Trey and Raya, and they're meeting up with her sister. Her sister is a delight. (laughs) She says that Raya felt he doesn't listen to her, but unfortunately, she does say is how they were raised. So, um, the fact that he has gained feelings is definitely brought up in this moment, obviously. Why miss an opportunity? And the sister says, like, I respect him for telling her the bad things. You want someone to tell you the bad things, right? And says that, you know, Raya has things and they think she needs to work on sister doesn't like that he got the feelings, but she's like, the fact that he's telling you, though, like, come on, 
you know? The sister says that she has never really been told that both parties love each other. Um, so, you know, there's that. And then we move into this conversation of Raya doesn't get wet or she can't get wet for Trey. Um, what? <laughs> I don't know if that's a literal thing or if it's more about the orgasm situation. I don't know. Which, I mean, there are a lot of women, unfortunately, who have experienced the delight of an orgasm. But, like, if it's on the literal sense, what is he not doing? What's, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Everyone's different. But it's just, like, I couldn't quite comprehend um, that at all. But, so apparently sex has definitely been an issue for the two of them. Lord. Um, they are going to try new things, though, that hopefully can help with this. She says, maybe I just like to be tied up and choked. And I said, yeah. I hear that. <laughs> Sometimes being a little crazy, it's fun. <laughs> so, um, don't knock until you try it. Her sister says, you're holding on to things I ain't honestly didn't have to tell you. You have to forgive him. And Raya says, but I won't forget. And I don't want to forget. No, you don't have to forget. No one told you you have to forget. You need to forgive. It is not the same as forgetting. One never really forgets. But you decide to start things off on a clean slate. And that's what the forgiveness is. Um, so I think she's not, she's mixing the two things up. That is not beneficial. Okay, so we're with James and Ryan. And they're kind of in this picnic setting. And James says when his father died, his mom was never there. He had no one to talk to about his father's death. He was compared to, to his father a lot, which was the person he didn't know. And no one he can really talk to about like the intimate details of his father, the way that maybe his mother could have. Um, he said that nine. Okay, so before I go any further with this, trigger warning for self-harm here. Uh, again, timestamp will be in the show notes, so you'll know when to bypass two. So the a trigger warning starts now. So at nine years old, he started realizing that he can numb the pain. Um, so he started to harm himself. He, he does describe different ways into which he would do this. I'm not going to go into the details of this. If you want to know, you can watch the episode. Um, I believe it's towards the end of the episode, so you can listen to it there. Um, I'm not going to go through it. Um, so 
yeah, he does talk about that. And he says that he was doing it up until his teenage years into his young adult days. So he was still doing this when he met her. He felt like he wasn't good enough for his parents. So how could he have been good enough for her? He tells her that she is the love of his life. He has never not known that he wanted to marry her. He was just worried because he didn't feel good enough. Um, And you can see this, this weight is lifting off of him in this moment. Um, she says, it's hard to know that he was going through this and she didn't know. Um, yeah, I think unfortunately that is the reality that a lot of men, again, talking about the, you know, the view of men having to be a strong figure and not show any weakness. Now, times out of 10, you, you don't know that someone is going through something or will take it to an, to an extent that they take it to, whether that be self-harm or worse. And, you know, I do understand her in this moment. And I, this is kind of when I started to go back to, okay, she didn't know. She is handling this very well in this conversation. She's very emotional hearing this. Um, and I think she finally is getting the understanding of what he has gone through. Because again, he says he was doing this into his young adult years. This guy is only 24. So it's very real possibility that he has only really stopped self-harming two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. It's not very long ago, right? And he, for all we know, could still be struggling, right? So, you know, he is in his young adult days still. So it really does put into perspective, like, this could have just ended. He could have just finally said enough's enough. Um, so he can still very easily be triggered um, at any point in his, you know, recovery. Um, but especially in the early stages. So um, she does apologize for anything that she may have done that would have made things worse for him. And she's there for him. He says that there is no question she will be there. So that's actually going to be the end of the episode for this, for our episode. Only because this was a little longer, we're going to put the rest of the, the final three episodes into one episode. Um, but yeah, that's, that's basically it. So one final thing that I want to add to the outro here is I am starting a new podcast with a friend of mine name Mikkel. It's called Next Take, where we are going to be discussing all topics, all of the more, you know, recent topics from music, streaming services, government stuff, finances, everything. So that episode will be launching 
very soon. Again, I will confirm once that we actually have an end date, but it will be coming this week. Um, so definitely look out for that for that podcast. So if you like what you heard, please follow Reality Tea Times 2 on any of your favorite podcast apps so that you don't miss a single episode. Please make sure you also share the podcast with everyone in your life. You can also rate and review us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you are an avid YouTube user, you can listen to us on YouTube at Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by following us on either Facebook, Instagram, or threads at Reality Tea Times 2. You can also email us at realitytimes2 at hotmail.com. We have a website where you can listen to all of these episodes, as well as get links to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages. And that is at realitytimes2.aludu.com. All of that information will be in our show notes. Well, that's it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye. you ever thought of starting your very own podcast? Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with Aludu, you can create clips, you can do your ads, thus like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find on our show notes, just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to an easy software.